Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That's You Can't Laugh at Work series, the podcast that takes that one topic that you're not supposed to laugh at, work, and finds ways to laugh about it in the never-ending quest to prove that it is the time and place to laugh. Using humor in the workplace gives us a competitive edge, and it helps us become more engaged with our work. It helps generate buy-in and camaraderie. But what happens when a worldwide pandemic forces a fun work environment to work remotely. Are they able to maintain that fun? Are they able to keep their culture as part of one of their cornerstones? Well, Tammy Rutherford, the managing director of Restacy Software, joins me to talk about how the pandemic affected her team, an organization that has been featured in Nashville's best places to work 10 years running. How are they maintaining their culture on a virtual level so that they can stay innovative, connected, and engaged? So sit back and enjoy this episode of You Can't Laugh at That's You Can't Laugh at Work series. And let us know how your organization incorporates fun into the day-to-day experience. If you're not following us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod, definitely do that. And follow us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That. And check us out at watercoolercomedy.org forward slash podcast. I know it's a little bit unconventional. Someone says, hey, I see you have a sense of humor. Let's talk about work. And uh, that's kind of what I've been uh, been working on. I've been able to connect with a lot of cool people uh, doing cool things across the country. And uh, and you stuck out basically based on uh, one of your blog posts where you know you mentioned that in 2020 you had to adapt quickly and and sometimes it got messy and with that you have to have a sense of humor so uh, in what ways were you able to adapt and kind of uh, relish in the messiness of of what was going on well it's still going on right so Uh that's the um we're still adapting we're still learning and it's still messy So I'll kind of give you the most literal messy part of 2020 for us, which we discovered that when you don't, when human beings aren't in the office on a daily basis, small repair items or maintenance to the building can become very big problems. Mm. And what happened in our office was a water line to a coffee maker had a little leak. But when that goes unattended for a couple of days, that becomes a very big problem to the point where one of the guys on our team went to go pick something up at the office and opened the front door and water met him. So that's never supposed to happen. So uh, not only had we, you know, 2020 brought a lot of things to us, especially here in Nashville, but at Rusticy Software and Watershed, our sister company, the great flood of 2020 is what we've been calling it. So we actually, our, our office completely flooded out. That was in June. And we are still finishing the repairs. So I did a walkthrough last week just to see where things are. So yeah, so we had a literal mess on our hands. So it got really messy. And all you can do is try to just, you know, thankfully, what better time to repair a building when no one's in it? So we didn't need the building. So, you know, in that sense, it was, you know, we'll try to be <laughs> positive poly on this side of things and, uh, and look at it that way. So yeah, that was definitely a messy one. The, the one that's, kind of funny now, funny now, but was, was definitely a little, uh, nerve wracking early days was, you know, we, we all bugged out on Thursday, March 12th was our day of like, Hey, everybody go home and just settle in. So we sort of 
responded pretty quickly and sent everybody home on a Thursday. We had a new hire starting on Monday. And so we've, you know, when we hire somebody at Rust to see, it's a big event. You know, we decorate their office and we have a new hire breakfast and everybody gathers and it's a big, you know, event. We're all excited. We're a small company. We're about 35 people. So when somebody new comes on board, you're going to be seen pretty quickly. And so we kind of gather around you and onboard you in a very personal, you know, way, in-person meetings. Most of it, it's informal. We have, you know, a schedule and things, but it's a lot of, it's pretty fluid. So we had to move pretty quickly to how do we bring somebody on board at Rustacy Software where it looks like he shows up at the office, somebody hands him a laptop and says, go home, which is like the most unnatural way for us to ever welcome somebody here. So thankfully, Joshua was a pretty good sport. You know, he wasn't expecting that. We weren't expecting that. And he rolled with the punches. You know, he definitely helped us figure out what was missing in our onboarding process that needs to be a little bit more formalized, where we reply, you know, we rely on storytelling and oral history to bring people on board. We really realized, oh, wow, we need to write this stuff down. We actually need to revisit how we bring people on. So we've adapted. We've brought on since then. Um, eight more people to the organization since um, since March of 20. And we're still fine tuning that. It's not perfect, but we do virtual new hire breakfasts. We do some, you know, our office manager is fantastic and sends out, you know, custom gift boxes to people with the snacks that they like that one day will be available for them in the office. You know, we try to do the high touch stuff and make them feel welcome. It's just a little different when we have to do it on screens. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. that's a, that's a common theme that, that I see, you know, is we have this awesome culture, you know, people have fun working here. You're hired, but you don't get to feel that in person. So how do we translate that virtually? And so it sounds like you've, you've kind of been leaning into that, yeah. trying to find new ways. Trying. To yeah. Yeah. Are there other ways that you've, uh, translated your having fun in person to having fun virtually? Yeah, you know, for us, the in-person fun moments, the reason why they're fun is because they're spontaneous. You know, a lot of times you're just, you know, you don't plan the fun, it just happens. And, you know, when we're looking at virtual space, you have to be a little bit more intentional, which sort of, you know, undermines the spontaneity of it and the magicalness that happens when it's just, you know, fun interaction. Um, we do have something that's pretty common in the, you know, when we're physically together in our office, you'll find uh, Pong games active pretty much in the afternoon. So I think the natural you know, occurrence for everybody is around two o'clock or so, you just need a break. You need a brain break, you need a mental break. And so we have seen, so we've got something that's spun up over the last couple of months are office trivia games that just start in the Slack channel. And it's pretty fun. It's funny, it's spontaneous. Anybody can start one. And if you just need a break, you can chime in and join one. It's everything from, you know, trivia to Jackbox games to Drawful to Among Us, you know, it just varies, but it's really fun to see everybody kind of gather and it just naturally started looking, you know, anybody could do it. And I was like, wow, this is like a two or two 30, almost every single afternoon you get folks in there. And it's, so that's been a way to sort of replace some of that fun. And even if you can't join at that time, you do get to see the thread if you're in that channel to see what, you know, what transpired. So there's an archive of it, which is actually as entertaining probably. So, you know, we try to fill the gaps with things like that. We're, 
the virtual happy hour, I think everybody, you know, at the beginning of this thing, we're doing them like weekly and, you know, and all of a sudden, and they were starting to get like at weird hours, at like three o'clock. And I was like, that's a little <laughs> early for a happy hour on a Wednesday. Uh, but they also got to be a little bit too much. So we've sort of dialed those back a little bit. We do those monthly. We just had our, you know, we just had one last night and try to have some sort of structure or game or conversation around it. We're also kind of figuring out ways to do these. So it's not 40 people on a screen all at once where typically the dynamic gets really hard for people to, to engage. You end up with like five or six people that talk a lot and a lot of other people that sort of passively watch. So we're trying to break those into smaller groups and maybe have some, some structured activity just to kind of give it a little shape. And so we're still learning on that. But yeah, weekly happy hours turned into monthly happy hours. And that feels like a better case for us. Thinking about it, if you actually go to it and do a physical happy hour, all 40 people aren't interacting with one another at once anyway. So that's all yeah. that's unnatural to even to even try that. I mean, you know, exactly. Yeah. I didn't um, even think about that yet, but yeah, it doesn't translate well. So we're, we're working on it. Yeah, let's have a 40 person conversation. Let's see where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not learning anything about anybody <laughs> and everybody feels like they're shortchanged. Exactly. And again, you're always going to have those five or six people who are going to speak up louder than the rest. So yeah, it's it's funny to see the, this feeling out of transitioning from in-person to virtual, whereas, you know, and, and you're not alone in this either. A lot of groups have tried to kind of like incorporate everybody at once. And that's not human. That's, you know, that's that's not how we do it on a regular day-to-day -day basis anyway. So trying to do it virtually is kind of funny to watch other <laughs> other groups do. So you're not alone. That makes it feel better. Yeah. Now the these are uh, the 230, you know, trivia and and the spontaneous, you know, fun activities that happen do you see an uptick in like productivity at the end of the day because I know like you know two o'clock two thirty your your energy levels are starting to wear down you know the the carb coma is kicking in from lunch and 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 all that so do you see like a revitalization of energy to, to close out the day strong I think I've heard people comment on that you know that's the other um piece to all of this that's that's really hard is that you just don't have the visual you know, eye on things. So it's hard to gauge people's productivity or energy levels or happiness, you know, mm -hmm. because you just don't get to see their facial expression, expressions or body language throughout the day. So um, I think people have said, yeah, I feel refreshed. I'm excited to go back to work. That was a really great break. And, and, you know, continue on through, you know, through the afternoon or evening. And we were also all looking at time shifts right now. You know, we've got folks that are parenting from home that are home, you know, uh, teaching from home. They're, parenting responsibilities have changed so much. And so schedule shift has happened a little bit. So people's days look a little bit different than they might've, you know, a year ago. And so, yeah, so we're, you know, I can't quantify this and say, yeah, productivity is up 20% because of right. these things. And nor do I want to, you know, if people are participating, we trust people here to do their work. And if that's a great way for them to take a break and come back to something, you know, I wouldn't ask you to like, not get on a call with a client because you wanted to play trivia, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, if you can work it into your day and it makes you more happier and you're refreshed, you're probably doing better work afterwards also. Yeah. I'm going to need you to work with 7% more energy and 12% more <laughs> happiness, please. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's silly. everybody, you know, wants to put a number on, on these, these more qualitative results. And it's like, it's, it's hard I mean, you in the long run, you see it 
but you know day to day it's harder to really like say oh because this person was in a better mood they you know they they were 50% more productive or you know that's more of a long-term thing so yeah so for the us the thing we do measure on these right now is are people enjoying it so it's people's feedback like this is this an activity that you would do again mm -hmm. and there's been you know spectacular failures in this place where we thought you know like a we thought people might want to exercise together and so you know our office manager is going through just tremendous effort to try to figure out what are the things people will actually get excited about and engaged with on a screen or virtually and um you know so we've got some hits and misses that's the only way to work to figure it out and so yeah so we figured out quickly that uh people would rather play trivia than uh yoga at two o'clock on a wednesday mm -hmm. so that's where we focus that so yeah so for us it's really what do people want to do? What are they participating in? What's their feedback? Mm -hmm. And variety, trying to make sure we have enough variety so that we don't just cater to one type of, you know, the gamers out there, but people are, you know, want to interact in other ways. Right. You, you got to run the experiment, you know, you've got to figure out what works exactly. and what doesn't. If, yeah. if, you know, you're not going to get the right answer the first time every time. And and, uh, and to me, that's that's what's so important about having that flexibility of having a sense of humor. Uh, because things are going to go wrong. I mean, whether it's a coffee machine uh, leaking or, or you know, you you try to do an engaging activity over Zoom, and it turns out people don't. Uh, not everybody has a Peloton or, or you know doing yoga it doesn't work. In the past, though, you said something about you know now it's funny in hindsight, but at the time it wasn't. Have you used humor as a as a way to? adapt to change i mean have there been any instances where you've been able to laugh with your team about just the absurdity of things that that have happened or you know mistakes that you've made yeah i think always that's the um one we own failure you know there if you don't fail at something i don't think you're really trying hard like you gotta own it and lean into the fact that something's not going to work and so leaning into that and you know and failing and finding a way to laugh about it is sort of just the, quite honestly, the, the most graceful way to, to figure this out together. Um, so yeah, so we try to find the lightness of the moment and certainly, you know, take it seriously. Yeah, if something didn't work, let's figure out what didn't work about it and fix it. But getting too hung up about it or the wringing of the hands, you know, that's the, the place, depending on the scale of the failure, obviously. But you got to have a sense of humor, whether it's during a pandemic or not, you know, that's what makes work fun makes the people you know makes us enjoy the people that we work with so yeah so you'll find us laughing more often than not and it could be because we've got a cattail coming up in the yep. screen or uh <laughs> i think we had almost a, a dog visit on our side oh yeah, yeah i mean happens. you just yeah you see people glimpses of people people's lives constantly now and it's just it's fun you can't take yourself too seriously i think we all tried really hard you know like that first month things were massively staged and you were actually like, you know, trying to be perfect on camera and, you know, hide your life from the fact that you were right in the middle of it, what's going on in your household. And now we're just sort of like, yep, here are my kids, here are my dogs, here are my pets. This is what, what happens. Yeah. And, and the funny thing about that, the, the ironic thing is that connects us more on a human level. So, you know, exactly. even though we're not in the same place, we kind of have a, a feel for what people are, are dealing with and going through on a day-to-day -day basis outside of work. So that's kind of a cool side effect. It's funny you say that. So that was actually something really fun for me. Um, you know, for the past 10 years, my role up until recently, I was, you know, a director of accounts. So client 
client relationships was, was my primary job. And so I've worked with clients for the last 10 years, almost solely through email and, and phone, never video, rarely in person. And so, you know, I spent 10 years developing relationships, very disconnected in very disconnected ways. I didn't even know what these people looked like. And then all of a sudden, you know, the last year I've met them all, you know, I've met, I've met them. I know, you know, what their interests are based on what's behind them in a screen. Um, I know more about their lives, their families, their, their kids, their pets, whatever it is. So that part's been really, really cool. That's, um, that's definitely a positive is that I, I know people better now, even though I'll never see them in person, probably at least for the next year or so. Sometimes I'll find myself trying to figure out what books are, are behind people. And I always decorate like that. So, you know, <laughs> um, no, that's been, that's been really, uh, like you said, you know, you can connect in new ways that, that you never, you know, never really thought about. Like yesterday I was doing a presentation and I have a standing desk that I keep in front of me. Uh, and then behind that it, with a monitor on it. And then behind that is, is my camera and my cat jumped on the, the standing desk and I had my, my water on it and she was just drinking out. It's like, I couldn't not mention it. So, you know, it was part of my presentation then. So, you know, and that's, that's one of those things is like, why are you trying to hide this? We're all doing this. We're all going through this, you know? So it, it's been, uh, it's been fun. So I'm glad that to hear that because you're sharing a similar experience to a lot of other, a lot of other people um, from, from all over the country. So that's cool. Yeah. You can't laugh at that. You can't laugh at that is brought to you by Water Cooler Comedy. Now, for too long, we've been asking the question, should work be focused on work or fun? But Mark Twain once said that work and play are two words used to describe the same thing under different circumstances. So my point is that we're asking the wrong question. Instead of asking, should work be work or fun, the question should be, how can we make work fun, whether it's a keynote speech, a half-day workshop, a 90-day consulting program, a customized corporate comedy experience for you and your team as you try to figure out how to reboard, how to get back to work after working virtually for a year. Why humor in the workplace? Well, studies have shown that humor builds resilience. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more correct. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more corrupt. I can't say collaboratively. <laughs> it allows us to adapt to not being able to say collaboratively correctly. Because not only does laughter make us feel better, it makes us work better too. So why not make work the time and place to laugh? Check out watercoolercomedy.org. Is there anything, like any way you've grown or anything that you've done that has benefited you and your team that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for COVID? I think what I just mentioned as far as just the, con the connection with, with our clients, especially, you expect to be on a camera now, whereas, you know, a year, a year ago, you wouldn't. We had a few people that would use it pretty consistently, but for the most part, it wasn't a norm. Um, and that, that's huge. So even, you know, we had to do it by, it's funny, we didn't have to do this part by necessity. We could have just continued to operate in the way we did, which was phone calls and emails and never fire up a video because we got so used to it and said, you know, for internal 
yeah, we want to see your face. We need to be able to communicate and look at each other. That behavior just carried over naturally into how we would, inter, you know, how we would join a, a client call. So now it feels it surprises me when a client does what I do get on a call with somebody where video is available and they choose not to use it. Um, you know, it's just sort of, it's about, I would say 75% of the time people are using cameras, but, um, so that's been a great development, um, for me, because I think that is something that we'll just carry over and that we'll, we'll continue to use these tools. Even when we don't, you know, even when we're back in the office physically, we'll still probably use these to communicate with our, our customers and even our sister companies and outside of, you know, outsiders or we didn't. How has this uh, taught you to adapt? Because I mean, for so long, it just felt like things had a day-to-day -day routine. And then all of a sudden that was just disrupted. How has this taught you to adapt to future sudden disruptions? Because uh, the way the workplace is going, it's, it's just going to be continual reinvention uh, you know, with the development of new technology, especially in a, in a tech-based company, you're, there's constant updates and new things. So at that rate, like how have you learned to, to pivot from this uh, for the future? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've, we've learned to adapt and also not get too settled in. It took us a while to figure out routine. I think you saw people um, having a hard time establishing balance because, you know, I know me personally, because the computer was right there when I woke up in the morning, it's sort of like if it's line of sight, you feel like you're supposed to be working already. And so I've, you know, I, I know there were several people here at Rust to see that kind of felt like they had to be online as soon as they were, you just, you wanted to start working as soon as you could, which was silly. It's like, no, you got to bake in time before, you know, remember you had a commute of some sort, you know, and for, for me and others, it was about 30 minutes. So you at least had that time for your brain to wake up, to listen to a podcast or music or something to transition from your, you know, home to your work persona and just, and get in the groove. And so we really, I think everyone's still trying to figure out ways to establish that balance, or even if it's just, I had a friend suggest walk out the front door, walk around the house and come in the back door. And then your day starts for work, which sounds like just silly, but it's, true. You just change your environment, change the way you're looking at things for a second. So I think we're still trying to figure out how to do that. Um, we do sit in a really interesting space, specifically at Rust to see Software, because we do work in the online learning and, you know, e-learning industry, which has been the one, you know, has been the industry that's sort of seen a big shift in interest and demand for how do we use digital tools and virtual learning tools to replace the in-person training things that we've been doing. And so we're, we're hearing it so much from our customers because their technology is supporting what everybody's moving to. And so we're seeing not only a massive adoption or shift to these tools very quickly, but also a demand for these tools to do different things than they have historically. So as it's trying to replace so many different types of interactions, you know, there is definitely a big surge in how do we innovate and make these tools more interactive um, because it might be the only medium people have to deliver information now um, for training, especially in learning. Let's make it more interactive. How do we do that? Have you connected some of the lessons that you learned with your own people to that, that uh, issue that, that's coming up? Trying to. I think we're, you know, one of the things that we look at is you know, how do you support people? Where do they go for information? Um, and, you know, we use tools like Slack and Google, you know, Hangouts and things like that. 
Um, so those are the tools we're familiar with, but as, as people are trying to figure out how do you sort of bring all of these tools together or, you know, put information in front of people in the system that they're in, you know, that's a place where we're trying to figure out, oh, what would it look like if we did that? Um, so yeah, so we'll always start with ourselves, but we're going to be a little bit higher on the learning curve from a technology standpoint, just because we are a software shop. Mm -hmm. So, um, we have to also remind ourselves, not every organization might be as familiar with the technology and the tools available or be willing to try new things um, on, that, on that front. So yeah, we might not be the right <laughs> target audience for, for most companies, but definitely on the tech side of things, we should be. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and I mean, you know this more than <laughs> I'm sure most people that e-learning has been, I mean, exponentially growing. I, I've, been, I've been putting off doing an online course for, for months, what seems like months now. I prefer the, the one-on-one, like the live, uh, being able to see people's faces. Um, but at the same time, like I see the value in that and same with universities and, and you know, colleges are starting to adapt to that too, um, that you used to value that in-person experience. And now it's, we're starting to realize that, do I wanna pay all that money for this? So just, it just feels like everything's being disrupted. And that's, I feel like that's such an opportunity. And it seems like you, you know, even though in some cases things have worked, things haven't worked, you have a good head on your shoulders and the ability to adapt and pivot and, and, and do that. Now, in your opinion, in, in your industry, is there like a secret sauce that, that a lot of people miss that, that other uh, leaders, other organizations are, are missing out on as far as connecting with their people and, and uh, connecting obstacle with opportunity? Uh, that's a great question. And I don't know the answer to it. I think the, the one thing that I will say, and um, I think everyone's trying here, I hope they are anyway, but the, you've gotta be intentional and just reach out to people for no reason whatsoever. And I think that's the, the hardest part for, for everybody is, well, I don't, you know, I used to see this person, our work on a daily basis doesn't interact, you know, intersect. There is, you know, no overlap in the work that we do, but I always liked talking to them about X, Y, Z, you know, that you've got to find ways to still make that happen and, and check on people. And you've, and so that's the, the thing that I'm still trying to figure out how to do. I think we all are is, how do we reach out and have interactions with people that we don't see on a, that we don't need to be talking to for work related things, but do it anyway and and not not feel weird about it. And I think that's the thing everyone's like, but I don't really have anything to say to them. I'm like, yeah, that's the beauty of it, you know. But it's also very unnatural to be like, I'm just going to strike up a random conversation with you for no good reason, you know. That doesn't feel natural online, but you would totally do that in person. So. Um, but that's the thing I would say for, for everybody that's sort of trying to figure out how to make this work or what's working or not working, talking to your people directly is probably the most important thing that you've got to, to really stay on. What's the best advice that you've gotten in regard to this? Is there like a mentor or somebody that, that has uh, given you a big aha light bulb moment? So it's funny you ask that. So I don't, you probably gathered it from the blog, but I also, you know, I'm coming into the, the managing director role here at a very strange time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, up until October, I was the director of accounts and marketing, been here for a long time. But, um, you know, in October, we had a shift where 
the CEO of Rusticy Software, TJ Seabrooks, moved on to our sister company. And I stepped into the role what we now call managing director. And we're very different personalities, TJ and I. We get along really well. And, you know, uh, so he had some great words of wisdom, but he is definitely um, somebody you're going to hear throughout the office. Uh, his laugh carries through the office. Uh, plays a lot of pong he's going to be talking to people you know he's very boisterous I'm a little bit on the quiet side of things and not as much of a gamer and but that was one of the things he really kind of gave me you know a push for which was you know don't be afraid just have conversations just you know you get in there you know really just talk to people um and have fun with it you know and that's sort of the the push was just you know you can play it's okay you know that's so so yeah, so it's, that's what I try to do is make sure that I'm, I'm connecting with people and just figuring out what's going on in their world and, and what, honestly, you know, what makes them laugh, what makes, you know, what's their play look like so that we find ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's funny, you know, I, I've, I'm working on a training course that lines up uh, the the skills of a stand-up comedian with the skills of a leader and and that's the yeah. that's like the one thing that people don't realize is comedy is all about connecting it's you have to connect with your audiences you have to connect your idea uh with the audience mm -hmm. and uh so it's it's cool that you say that um and, and i think it's funny when i tell people it's like no you have the same skills as a comedian they're like i do uh and and yeah, I want to see a, that course. That would be fantastic. Oh yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm working on it at, with a with a PR company that actually requires stand up comedy training for their team. So it's part of their onboarding, and uh, and fun. it and it and it uh, helps people communicate better. It creates a shared experience. It has that that instant feeling of oh, we're all in the same boat. So mm -hmm. that's uh, that's <laughs> really an interesting concept too. So. <laughs> So take a look in your crystal ball. One one last question: yeah. What what does your next level of success look like? Uh, in in whether it's it's you know productivity or a product that you're working on or just with your people, what's what's the next step for for Rusticy? I'm gonna say retention. You know, we love the people that work here. They do great work and they make us quite honestly look good and they help our customers every day. And um, things that make Rusticy special have historically been so centralized in our physical space together that we've got, I'm constantly aware of and paying attention to the fact that we've removed the thing that made a lot of things special and unique about working at Rusticy. So how do we protect that and recreate it in a virtual way and keep the people here happy so that we can continue to make our customers happy and continue to the do, do the work that we do. So for me, it is retention, keeping the people that we have, um, you know, is in a virtual space, in a remote space, you know, how do we make this work? And quite honestly, a space, you know, it, it, it's not going to be what it was a year ago. You know, you're not going to be in the office five days a week. You might not even be in Nashville anymore, which is something we've always said was really important. So working at Rust to Cement, living in Nashville and being in the office because that all goes together and works really well for us. So now we've removed a couple of things from that equation. How do we still protect and maintain the thing that makes for us to see unique when we're farther apart and you can't just walk down the hall and, and get an answer from somebody that wants to help you. You might have to figure out another way to reach out. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. We, will, we want Rusty to, to continue to be a best place to work. And when a lot of things that were factors that are sort of taken away, how do you backfill or still protect and make it a great place to work even without that? Mm. 
Mm, that's a good question. That's a cliffhanger right there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> at the very least, this whole thing has taught people to think differently. And that's something that it's clear that you're doing. Um, is there anything else you would like to add? Any closing bits of advice for a leader who's looking to continue to connect with their team? Yeah, um, this might not be like the best closing, but I'll give it to you anyway. So one of the, the things coming into the role as managing director, we have an open letter that we publicly share on the website that basically shares with you what it's like to work at rest to see what makes you, you know, what, what are our tenants basically? How do we operate? People that gravitate towards these types of ideas and thoughts will probably be successful and happy at rest to see. And if you don't resonate, if they, if they don't resonate with you, you might not, this might not be the right place for you. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, I had to revise that, you know, I had to take a look at what TJ had written, what was out there and say, okay, in my own words, what would I describe as the, what it's like to work at Rustacy and, and, um, and how we do work. And I was surprised because at the time, you know, I was like, okay, gosh, this is going to be so different than his because we're not in the office together and all of the things I just mentioned about culture and what was really clear to me very quickly was all of the things that all of our tenants and the way that we work with each other and the things that are important to us have nothing to do with the building or the snacks or the physical space and the things that we talk about as benefits at, at rest to see that are pretty office centric it's all about how we treat each other and how you approach work and it doesn't matter where you are physically those things still that transcends transcends that so um yeah it's so much easier sometimes to do work if you're in the same space, but how you approach the work and how you treat each other, it doesn't really matter where you are. You can be awesome to each other virtually. You can check in on somebody and see if they're having an okay day or not, or give them a helping hand. Now more than ever, we can do that because we know that our teammates are all time shifting and juggling multiple things and just be graceful with each other. So, and that, that should happen no matter where we are physically. So, uh, so that was sort of a fun moment of, hey, a lot of things have happened, but the majority of things still are the same in how we do work and how we treat each other. Be human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be human. Try to be awesome. Yep. Awesome. Well, well, this was awesome. Speaking of awesome. So thank you for again for taking the time yeah. to prove that you can laugh at work, regardless <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of what some curmudgeons will say. There are benefits to it, whether it's the coffee machine leaking or, or <laughs> flooding. I, I feel like leak is an understatement compared to what you said. <laughs> leak became flood for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Tammy. I appreciate All right, it. It was good to see you. Thanks, David. Yeah. Special thanks to Tammy Rutherford for joining the podcast to prove that you can laugh at work. To learn a little more about Tammy, Rust to See Software, and the people who work there, visit rustacsoftware.com. That's R U S T I C I software.com. That being said, I've been David Horning. Thank you for listening to You Can't Laugh at Work. <laughs>